The Law School of America. Conversion is an intentional tort consisting of taking with the intent of exercising over the chattel and ownership inconsistent with the real owner's right of possession. In England and Wales, it is a tort of strict liability. Its equivalents in criminal law include larceny or theft and criminal conversion. In those jurisdictions that recognize it, criminal conversion is a lesser crime than theft slash larceny. Examples of conversion include, 1. Alpha cuts down and hauls away trees on land s slash he knows is owned by beta, without permission or privilege to do so, and 2. Gamma takes furniture belonging to Delta and puts it into storage, without Delta's consent, and especially if Delta does not know where Gamma put it. A common act of conversion in medieval times involved bolts of cloth that were bailed for safekeeping, which the bailey or a third party took and made clothes for their own use or for sale. Many questions concerning joint ownership in enterprises such as a partnership belong in equity, and do not rise to the level of a conversion. Traditionally, a conversion occurs when some chattel is lost, then found by another who appropriates it to his own use without legal authority to do so. It is also applied in cases where chattels were bailed for safekeeping, then misused or misappropriated by the bailey or a third party. Conversion, as a purely civil wrong, is distinguishable from both theft and unjust enrichment. Theft is obviously an act inconsistent with another's rights, and theft will also be conversion. But not all conversions are thefts because conversion requires no element of dishonesty. Conversion is also different from unjust enrichment. If one claims an unjust enrichment, the person who has another's property may always raise a change of position defense, to say they have unwittingly used up the assets they were transferred. For conversion, there always must be an element of voluntarily dealing with another's property, inconsistently with their rights. Elements of conversion. The elements of conversion are, 1. Intent to convert the tangible or intangible property of another to one's own possession and use, 2. The property in question is subsequently converted. In another formulation, it has been stated that one claiming conversion must show a tortious conversion of the chattel, a right to property in it, and a right to immediate possession which is absolute, unconditional, and not dependent upon the performance of some act. History of conversion. Conversion has been described as a fascinating tort, albeit one which has largely eluded the attention of legal writers. The literature frequently laps over into that of Trover. Other sources define conversion as a distinct act of dominion wrongfully exerted over another's personal property in denial of or inconsistent with his title or rights therein, or in derogation, exclusion, or defiance of such title or rights, without the owner's consent and without lawful justification. A conversion occurs when a person does such acts in reference to the personal property of another as an amount, in view of the law, to his appropriating the property for himself. The action probably developed because there was no equivalent form of action in English law to the Roman law re vindicatio. This was an action in protection of one's property, whereby a claimant could simply allege in court that's mine. Early cases of conversion are to be found in 1479, where reference to an even earlier action on the case is made when the defendant converted the goods by changing their character, making clothes out of gold cloth. Otherwise, conversion had its origin in the common law action in Trover, as a branch of action on the case the earliest cases are most likely lost. These probably involved cases when the finder of lost goods did not return them to the rightful owner, but used them himself or disposed of them to someone else. It became necessary to invent a new writ which covered the gap between action and trespass which lay for the wrongful taking of a chattel, and detinue which lay for its wrongful detention. The claim in conversion had become standardized by 1554 in the case of Lord Mounteagle v. Countess of Worcester, 1554. The plaintiff was in possession of certain goods, he casually lost them, the defendant found the goods and did not return them, but instead converted them to his own use. There is a distinction between trover and conversion. 
Trover resolved the old procedural problem of wager of law which had developed as a form of licensed perjury, which made debt new unattractive to an honest plaintiff suing a dishonest defendant. Wager at law allowed testimony from many witnesses, who might have nothing to do with the actual litigation. In this sense, it was not much different from champerty and maintenance. Because Trover sidestepped these old problems, there was an effort to expand it into many different forms. The legal device to accomplish this at first was to treat the allegation of losing the goods and then finding them as a fiction. This method was seen in several cases in the 17th century. As a technical factor, the defendant was not permitted to deny losing and finding, so the only issues to be litigated were those of the plaintiff's right to possession and the conversion as an existent fact. With losing and finding no longer essential, Trover became the standard remedy for any form of interference with a chattel. It entirely replaced detinue, which fell into complete disuse. It replaced trespass to chattels to such an extent that the former was rarely seen. In 1756, Lord Mansfield stated in Cooper v. Chitty, 1756. Whenever trespass for taking goods will lie, that is, where they are taken wrongfully, Trover will lie. Similar results are seen in other cases from the time. The two actions were regarded as alternative remedies for the same wrong. Often, the plaintiff had a choice of action, although there were differences between the choices. Trover must involve a wrongful detention of goods which had not been wrongfully taken, while trespass would not. The theory of trespass was that the plaintiff remained the owner of the chattel, with his possession only interrupted or interfered with, so that when it was tendered back to the plaintiff, he must accept it. The damages must be limited to the loss of use, which could be considerably less than its total value. Trover, which involved lost goods or those placed in abailment, necessitated full replacement damages. Once the damages were paid, the ownership of the chattel passed to the defendant in Trover. The modern law of conversion crystallized after the case of Fouds v. Willoughby, 1841. Two horses owned by the plaintiff were placed on a river ferry. The horses were put back on the shore by the defendant ferryman. The plaintiff-slash-owner of the horses remained on the ferry and subsequently lost the horses. It was held that this was a trespass, but not a conversion, since there was no interference with the plaintiff's general right of domination over the horses. Property subject to conversion. In order for a conversion to occur, it used to need to be lost then found by some other person than the owner. In the process, it was possible that the property could be converted. Chattels converted have included a dog, money and tax receipts. Land could not be the subject of an action in Trover, since it could not be lost, then found and converted. The same was true for sand and gravel, timber, crops and fixtures, so long as they were considered as a part of the land. No action in Trover could be had. Once there was severance from the land, these became personal property, and Trover could be entertained because of removal from the land. Intangible right. Intangible rights could not be lost or found, and the original common law rule was that there could not be a conversion of such. This restriction has been discarded for the most part. In the absence of contravening evidence, the measure of damages for conversion of a negotiable instrument usually is taken to be its face value. Tangible and tangible property. The conception that an action for conversion lies only for tangible property capable of being identified and taken into actual possession is based on a fiction by which the action of Trover was founded, namely, that the defendant had found the property of another, which was lost. This conception has become, in the progress of the law, something without meaning which has been discarded by most courts. Therefore, it has been generally accepted that an action for conversion lies for every species of personal property which is the subject of private ownership, whether animate or inanimate. Intangible property can be the subject of a conversion in the United States. There cannot be an action in conversion for shows as in action or mere debt. Computer software can be the subject of a conversion. 
both tangible items and intangible property can be the subject of a claim for conversion under United States law. In Crayman v. Cohen, 2003, when the domain name sex.com was wrongfully transferred to a con man, a claim for conversion was held to be available against the domain name registrar. In English law, however, the recent case of OBG Limited v. Allen, 2007, held that intangible property cannot be the subject of a claim for conversion. Written instruments. A judgment that is in the nature of a debt of record, but has neither goods nor a chattel attached is not subject to a conversion, because the judgment creditor has no property in it. A writ of execution can be the subject of a conversion, despite the fact that it is not private property. Unpublished and published manuscripts, whether copyrighted or not, can be the subject of a conversion, as can paintings, pictures, photos, letters, business books, pamphlets, newspapers and the like. Insurance policies, stock certificates, bills of lading, securities, bonds and commercial paper can be converted. Real estate and property affix there too. The general rule is that an action for conversion lies only with respect to personal property, and cannot apply to real estate. Movables. The distinction between movables, not associated in any way with real estate as such nor necessary to its enjoyment, and immovables, such as buildings and often including spare parts or even potentially but not usually mobile tools or devices or systems, arises from the principle of lex situs, by which the governing law for immovables is that where the land is located, regardless of where a will is probated or contract made or executed. There are distinctions made between monetary claim on land and land itself, often with different limitations. However, these distinctions determine jurisdiction, rather than define how to resolve the conversion or possession issue. The fact that personal property is annexed to realty after its conversion usually does not prevent the maintenance of an action for the conversion, although opinion on this subject remains mixed, in part due to conflicts of laws between movables and immovables on the same lot. Actions for conversion of a building, machinery attached to a building or a grain elevator have been allowed. Severance of property from real estate can be converted. Buildings can be converted. Manure can be converted. There is no simple general rule dividing personal versus real property. Land itself cannot be converted or stolen by possession. Rather, common law recognizes and rewards adverse possession as a form of undocumented ownership of neglected land, which becomes documented when it is challenged or registered by deed or survey or otherwise, suits for trespass or ejection from land against which deeded rights are grounds or defense. The Law School of America The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America